left, right. Hello there. Welcome to my holiday rant. Uh, got a lot going on in my head right now. Lots of holiday stress and a lot of dumb shit happening around me. I don't really stress out much, but I usually let this stuff just kind of bounce off me. However, a lot of it's pretty comical shit. Thought I'd share. Uh, so let my holiday rant commence. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. <laughs> Cheers. 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 Today we're looking at episode 57 of Sip Talk. It's going to be a bit of a holiday-related rant on my end, and more or less just a general rant. My name is Justin DiGiulio. You're looking at James the Bosnator Boswell, philosopher, professional accountant, professional referee, and bartender. Uh, speaking of bartending, James, what do you have to drink tonight? I am finishing off the box of wine that we were dealing with last week. All right. All right. And remind me of the wine again? Bota Box. It's a California Malbec. Uh, I didn't buy it for anything other than the price. Fair enough. I am finishing off this giant bottle of Barcelo. It's good. It is a great Dominican rum. And um, I'm going to have an eggnog. I'm going to have an eggnog and some rum. Oh. So I'm going to make this drink when we get started. Uh, I, I've been in kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe not the greatest mood today. I thought it was a good mood. But there's just a lot of shit that was happening. So I want to share some of that shit, see if my mood is a bit justified. I'm going to pour this drink because I've been dying for a drink all day. Um, now that I'm in New Jersey, it's a little more difficult to get a drink. I can't just go out and have three, four drinks and head home in a cab. You can buy three or four drinks and have them once you get home. Yeah, exactly. Which I'll tell you something really cool about being in the suburbs is you basically have this never-ending supply of liquor and beer. So I just know you can go to the store and you can get all the, so in Manhattan, if you buy shit, like they have carts in the grocery stores, but most people don't use the shopping carts. The reason is if you're filling up a shopping cart, you have to be able to carry all that home, right? In the suburbs, you can fill a shopping cart, you wheel the cart over to your car or truck and you unload bag by bag into the car, and then you drive to your garage and you just unload bag by bag into the house. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a supply chain to, to, you know, to just fatten your ass. It's really I, cool. I, I'm really surprised that this is like a revelation to you. Well, also, I can get cases and cases of beer and cases and cases of Pepsi and loads of liquor bottles. And uh, I guess I didn't bring anything to stir this. Uh, so you're just going to become humongously fat in the next month. Well, I live on a road. Oh, Stewart's. I live on a road that's a very, very steep road, and it's a great run. It's a really good run. I so, miss Stewart so much. Yeah, so I got the, the Stewart's premium eggnog, um, and I found this beautiful glass in the dirt, kind of a cheap crystal glass. But I didn't know that Stewart's was down in New Jersey. Mm-mm. Straight from upstate New York in, uh, in the heels of my mom there. Ah. So, but either way, long story short, I have a garage full of beer. That's awesome. Um, I haven't even set up the bar in, in a couple of bars I have in, uh, in the house, but there's more than enough space. Um, but that is, that is I, I haven't gotten into the ranting yet, but um, I will say that's a major perk I found of living in the suburbs. The only downside, I think we talked about this before, is that the grocery stores uh, don't sell beer and the, uh, what do you call them? The gas stations don't sell beer. So that's a major downside. I'm still working my way around here. I've been able to get to a couple of places without using GPS, which is my preferred means to get somewhere. without the Not GPS. using GPS. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk about my rent a little bit. I gave a meeting this morning. It was on a sales training. One of the agents, and I don't, I don't know if this is for the better or for the worse, one of the agents reached out to me. He said, hey, man, I don't want to do rentals anymore. I want to do sales. And I said, okay, cool. 
it's like I would prefer, you know, I'd love for you to make loads of money doing sales. Um, let's sit down Monday morning and do a sales training. Monday rolled around. He's running late, running late. I didn't text him. I was busy. It was Monday. I've been out for half of a week. And then he texts me and he's like, hey, man, I can't make it today. I'm running late. Okay. So then this morning we did the meeting and I actually onboarded uh, two new agents yesterday. So I had two fresh agents this morning that could benefit from the training. He came in, he came in uh, this morning. So I gave the training to five different agents, actually. Great sales training. It builds a decent case for doing rentals because rentals are faster. And the most difficult part of sales is finding people who want to buy and knowing people who own property who want to sell. So the cool thing about rentals is you have a revolving door of new people every day. And as long as they like and trust you and you stay in touch with them, uh, those, that's a future pipeline of, of sales leads for you. Well, Obviously, it, also with sales, you're dealing with a much larger single transaction. Sure, but it's very difficult to get to. So on that note. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, on that note, I preach all the time about the sheer amount of hard work that goes into this. And I had an agent who just went on vacation today. Great agent. I think she's a really nice girl. Um, but her first three or four months, she would work all day. She'd go home. She was putting in hours at home. She'd, she'd tell me, yeah, I was up till 11 midnight working. I have so much to learn. And she was closing deals. And now she hasn't been closing many deals. She'd been really anxious and she's been really frustrated with the job. I, and I said to her uh, yesterday in the morning, I said, I know for a fact, she came to my office kind of teary eyed, like really frustrated, not sure what to do, just overly frustrated. And I said, I know for a fact that you haven't been going home and doing any work. Sure, you might answer an email or two, but like you're not going home and actively working. So basically you've backed off the amount of work that you're putting in and the business has backed off what it's getting back to you. And I think that's pretty simple, but I, I heard this phrase, I can't remember where I heard it, but it was basically the concept of somebody looking at a fire that was, that was going out, the flames were dwindling, and rather than give it more wood, they said, well, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna give you more wood until you give me more heat. And that's the way that I look at agents when they're like, well, you know, I didn't post to this website because I wasn't getting many leads, or I didn't do this action because it wasn't turning out very well. Um, because it's, it's this, you, you have to put in before you get back. And as a brand new agent, as a brand new salesperson, you have to put in a lot before it pays you back. If you're not getting payback right away, it doesn't mean stop putting in. If you put a big log on top of a fire, the fire doesn't immediately go up into flames. The fire may be longer lasting because of that big log, but that log has to catch on fire. So it was just it was a very frustrating conversation for me to have yesterday. I revisited it a little bit this morning in my uh, in my training, but the you know uh, give me more heat and then I'll give you more wood mentality. I see a lot in this business, and it's something that makes me want to gouge my own eyes out. Well, I can understand where the agents are coming from because it's really hard initially to work without motivation and the motivation is going to be the money. So if you're working really hard initially, your motivation is I'm going to earn some money. And when you put in a whole bunch of work, you expect the money. And if you don't get the money initially, you're like, all right, I'm, I'm busting my ass here. And where's the money? Well, I, I got you on that. Bear with me one second. Cause I'm still warming up to this house. Alexa, turn on the desk light. All right, here we go. All right, how's that look better? So, what? Just can you repeat the last line that you said to me? So, I can understand where the agents are coming from here, where they they are thinking, if I work really hard, I'm going to get some money. And when they work really hard initially, and they don't get any money, even though the money might be farther down the line, they're thinking, I'm working really hard, and I'm not getting any money here. Why am I working so hard for no money? Okay. And there are many aspects of life that are exactly like that. Think about being in shape. You can't go to the gym for two weeks and work out really, 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 oh shit, work out really, really, really hard for two weeks at the gym and then 
expect to be in shape suddenly. It doesn't work like that. Um, it's this consistent, regular effort that's going to get you in shape. Just like finding love, you can't um, give, you can't meet somebody, start dating them, send them flowers two times a day, make yourself ultra available, um, and give them gifts and, and just be super friendly to them it, for two weeks, and then they're going to fall in love with you. Like that's not. Um, if anything, that's going to scare them off. <laughs> but 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 same thing with working out. You're going to break. You're going to break your back. You're going to injure yourself. You're going to pull something. You're going to tear something. So the idea is is this consistent, regular effort that is, that's going to give you, just like our podcast, we can't have, we can't have one or two great episodes. We're going to have 5 million, million followers. We're, we're doing this podcast because it's a great time for us to catch up, share our thoughts, but also it's interesting enough that other people like it. But, but we can't do two great episodes and get 5 million followers. It's a regular, consistent effort that's going to garnish people interacting and people, you know, I, I, I yeah. love the followers that we have and them sharing their feedback, but that didn't happen after one or two good episodes. And, and, and I've got two things to say about that. One is one or two great episodes is a little high on our bar, but two is if you look at somebody like Joe Rogan or whatever, he's got 1300 something episodes. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but so, uh, people are asking me where this is coming from. This is just my rant. It may be a bit holiday related, but I think a good we rant. We haven't talked about order. holidays yet. But a good rant, yeah. Uh, a good rant is in order and just really kind of understand, you know, throwing some perspective out there. Cause I, I really believe I'm, I'm very empathetic and I have a lot of great perspective because, because of my empathy and I could be wrong on that. That's obviously my perspective. Um, just like eggnog. You know, I like, I happen to like eggnog. Some people think eggnog is terrible, but it doesn't mean eggnog is terrible. It just means eggnog is terrible to them. That's their perspective. It doesn't mean eggnog is terrible. Um, but eggnog is fucking great, by the way. You ever made eggnog? I have not made it. I've had it before. It's been a long time. Mm. I made it once. Very, uh, very, uh, what do you call it? Difficult to make. Like, I, uh, I know what I was getting myself into. All right. Um, back on the rant, I'm talking about consistent effort. And I, and I, I really truly believe that success in anything is something that's earned, whether it's athletics, whether it's a good job, whether it's education or a relationship, um, or financial success, whatever it is being in shape, it's a regular consistent effort. And I also think it's rented. I don't think it's, it's something that that's earned and you own outright. It's something that's rented and the check is due every single day. You've gotta, you, you're constantly paying that back to stay on top of the mountain. And the mountain, there are other people that are trying to, to, to climb up as well. Doesn't mean they have to take you off, off of the uh, precipice, but it's, it's definitely consistent effort that's gonna keep you there. And it's 110% consistent effort that's going to get there. Um, let's see. Uh, all right, that was kind of the end of my rant on that. I was thinking when I was writing that, that so my mom came down for Thanksgiving and she brought a shit ton of paperwork and photo albums and just old shit that she's been wanting to throw away, but she couldn't, she couldn't bring herself to throw away. So now you have to throw it away. Basically. Um, but of course, not that she's a hoarder by any means, but she definitely sees sentimental value in certain things. I think your mom does too, but probably my mom to a greater degree. My family might actually be worse than yours in that respect. Well, it, but, but, um, but I get a bit of that trait from my mom. So like, I also have difficulty throwing some things out. Um, but I saw down a bunch of branches over the weekend. I chopped them up uh, like a fucking lumberjack and we had a fire. So we were just throwing the shit in the fireplace. And she brought like report cards and stuff like that. There was one. Yo, I don't really care how I did in the third grade. Well, um, there was one report card. So I was very comfortable being a B student. Uh, You know, I was, I was okay with being a B student. Being an A student didn't bring that much reward for me, to me. For the amount of effort that you'd have to put in. For the amount of expended effort that that's required. 
And I look at that in a lot of aspects of my life. Like I could be in tip top shape, but I enjoy drinking on a regular basis. There's loads of things I could do in life that like would, I could work a lot better. I could work a lot harder, but I enjoy having downtime. Um, but one of the report cards was the one year where I took the two math classes. You remember this? I took two Eighth math grade. Um, I think it was later. No, ninth grade. Yeah, it might've been ninth or 10th. Um, and, uh, the teacher said, Justin attempts to sleep in class, <laughs> which I was like, well, yeah, I, I, I yeah, but you got like a hundred on both of those math tests. <laughs> True. But I didn't get an A in a class. Yeah, uh, but fuck her. <laughs> so she was nicely. Um, but I think, I think the lifestyle trade-off is, is a big thing and you have to be aware of it. You know, you have to, I don't crave to be in tip top physical condition because I realized that I wouldn't be able to drink at all. I definitely wouldn't be drinking eggnog. I've eaten turkey and pork every single day since Thanksgiving. So, you know, I, I think the, uh, you know, I, I recognize the trade-off. On that note, I'm going to call out hypocrites. Um, I think there's, I think if anybody calls you out for being hypocritical, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty rightfully earned. And it just basically means shut up. Depends on the charge, but yeah. I mean, well, give me one that, that it doesn't because I try not to be hypocritical for the most part. And there are statements that I have made that are hypocritical, but then I say, well, you know, yeah, I'm leaving at five o'clock, but I've been doing this for over a decade. And I make more money than you. So, you know, you leaving at five o'clock, I'm like, well, you didn't make any money this month. Why are you leaving at five o'clock? Well, and their response is like, you make money off of everybody else's deals. You don't have to do anything. Sure, but I also didn't for many, many years and I wasn't leaving at five. So when I do, when, when I leave at five and somebody's like, you tell us not to leave at five. I'm like, yeah, motherfucker. Because I did this for, for you know, 10, 12 years. So that's, that's, I try not to be hypocritical, but there are instances where I could be called out as hypocritical. Having a good defense, reasonable. Uh, but, but. Well, the- right. That, and, and, you, and your defense there is going to be like, when I was in your position as one year in as an agent, I was in the office until nine o'clock, nine or 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, on, on a consistent, regular basis, <laughs> many hours, until you didn't necessarily need to be there. But it was that consistent, regular effort that, that paid off. Am I, am I right on that? Yeah, no, I, I, um, I think that in, in most avenues of life, unless you happen to have some kind of preternatural gift for a given thing, that your success in, in whatever aspect you're talking about is going to be largely a function of how much effort and work you put in to getting better at that thing. Yeah, I I think that's when we talked about the Olympics and we talked about the trade-off with excellence. I think that's exactly the case. And Uh, so I don't put a lot of faith into Malcolm Gladwell's books, but and and there's been considerable pushback on this concept. But one of the uh, ideas that he puts forth is the 10,000-hour rule, mm -hmm. which is if you want to master any whatever subject, you need to put in – 10,000 hours of work towards it. And it doesn't matter what it is, but if you put in 10,000 hours towards that of true dedication to it, then you will become a master in it. And I think there are other factors that, that lay into success because there are circumstances that you can't control that will play for or against you. But one kind of guiding principle is if you want to get truly good at something, you need to put 10,000 hours into it. And I look at that and like the things that I'm good at in life and the things that I'm not good at in life and the things that I'm better at are the things that I put a lot of time into. Well, if you're not willing to put in the time, then don't pursue it. And don't, well, and no, don't you can, you can, you can put in, you, you can, you can have something that you're not willing to put in the time into. 
And but not if your just, plan is to be, if your goal is excellence. Right. No, the, the, there's plenty of things that I'm not ever going to put 10,000 hours into that I still enjoy. But when I do it and I say, I'm not as good as that other person, I don't think, why I'm not, why am I not as good as that other person? I think that other person's put in a lot more time. For example, guitar, something that I enjoy doing, but I look at the people that have put in thousands of hours into it and I say, naturally they'd be better than me because they've practiced more than I have. Yeah. It, it, very simply put. Yeah. Um, back to being hypocritical, uh, that you are getting comments that you should clean your room. It's not going to happen. <laughs> At this point, I'm moving into a new place sometime in the next seven months. So whatever the state that this is, um, is going to remain the case until I move into a new place. Because why would I bother completely upending my life just to upend my life another time? So, um, fair enough. Uh, this is a room eggnog. Uh, so... One other thing about being hypocritical. So I have a friend, someone I work with, who just went on vacation from Thanksgiving day or Thanksgiving evening, I think, until yesterday. Did not come to the office today because he is self-quarantined. I don't know when he's going to come in. Yet I'm part of a group chat about him celebrating his birthday at his apartment and inviting people over pretty much the same people that he also works with. So I've just been trolling the group chat talking about safety and how important safety is to this person. And we, we really shouldn't be tempting him with, with the idea of throwing a party to celebrate him. But I mean, at the end of the day, that's the shit that infuriates me. Somebody, well, if you're going to self-quarantine, that means that nobody else gets to interact with you. No, it just means you get it, – it's an excuse. It's a hypocritical excuse to take extra days off of work, and, you're, uh, yeah, and then you're going to invite 12 people over to your one-bedroom apartment to celebrate yourself. doesn't make any sense to me. No, I, I completely – because, like, if – like, with my job, if I were to self-quarantine or whatever, my job would say – Hey, there's still things that you can do. Like even back well, in March and April, when the the entire office was closed, um, so people would come in sometimes for like 15 or 20 minutes a week to come mm -hmm. in and exchange documents and be like, "Here's the stuff yeah. that I have. Let me get something new or whatever." Mm -hmm. And um, the partner's instruction to everyone else was like, "Look, if you can't leave your house or whatever for whatever reason, then we will find a way." to have someone drive you documents to your house. Yeah. That exactly. way you can continue to work. So like you don't need to interact with anybody in this office in person. We can just leave things at your doorstep and you can pick them up and you'll be good. So if you really want to work, at least in my industry, and I would imagine it's pretty similar in yours. You can. Yes. Also, although he did claim to be working from home. However, I talked to an agent today. I'm like, Oh, did you hear from him? And she's like, well, I texted him at 2.05, and he didn't answer me until 3.30. Okay. And bear in mind, this is, and it is large for what it is, but it's a one-bedroom apartment in Manhattan. And if your phone goes off in a, and you live in a one-bedroom apartment, you have, to, you have to, like, you hear it going off. Yeah. Even, even when you lose your phone and you call it and it's on vibrate, you can still hear it going so i'm sorry like uh, uh, um, but hopefully nobody's watching this podcast live that will share it until it's a week or two later and somebody's watching it after the fact and people have come down and not be so easily offended um got another one for you out of shape personal trainers who would who would hire an out of shape personal trainer there are a lot of out of shape personal trainers and i see them all the time in the gym and you know i just think do as i say if you're <laughs> if you're but that's uh you know an aspect of uh, hypocrisy if you want to get in shape you should do the things for the most part and sometimes you have to do more 
but you should be doing the things that the people you want to look like are doing. So if you want to look like an athlete, you should be doing similar athletic exercises. Mm -hmm. Um, back in the day when I worked in a gym, I was there for, I was there for three years. There was a Weight Watchers immediately next to it. And I heard one of the trainers saying, if I had to pick a body to look like blindly, any day I would pick a body that walks out of the gym over a body that walks out of Weight Watchers. And I, you know, I think that goes to say like the, the direction that you're following. If, if you're trying to follow the Weight Watcher, look at the, the majority of the people at Weight Watchers. And then obviously you can look at the majority of the people in the gym and not everybody in the gym is in great shape, but then you try to follow the things that the people in the gym who are in shape are doing. Um, well, there's a selection bias there, but sure. But, but that's my point is there's a selection bias, but what are a hundred percent of the participants who are participating in the gym participating in gym. Okay. And what are 100% of the participants participating at Weight Watchers participating in cake? Yeah, but by low carb cake. So, <laughs> um, but no, just the out of shape personal trainer thing is on my 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 list of things to rant about because I just if it would be like trying to learn a language from somebody who didn't speak the fucking language. They're like, well, you're gonna have to read chapter one, and then you ask them questions like, oh, I can't help you with that. Like, you just you got to read yeah. the chapter. <laughs> Which for me was like a lot of what college was like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I don't speak that language. Did you read I, the... <laughs> the one thing that I hated about school was that you'd go to a class and the teacher would talk about their personal life and then assign you homework to actually go learn shit. Well, I don't know. Maybe you went to a shittier school than mine because all the teachers that I had, even, even through, like, my accounting coursework through CFC, but especially through Siena, is, like, every single one of the classes that I took the 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 professor was like a doctor in such and such a field so if i was taking a philosophy class it was someone who was a doctor in philosophy so like even if i disagreed with their personal perspective on something like i couldn't argue with the fact that they had studied this shit way more than i had yeah. and in the accounting coursework even like the finance class that i took last year um it was a dude who worked in finance in Pittsburgh and in New York city. So he would talk about his friends that worked for bear Stearns and Goldman Sachs. And I was like, look, I might not agree with your opinion on this one, but when you say that you had friends that worked at bear Stearns or whatever, I'm like, well, I, I believe you. So maybe you just had shitty professors. Possibly, possibly. Um, so the out of shape personal trainer thing, big one for me. Um, Another, not that I use dating apps, but the group photos. When somebody has a dating app and their profile picture has multiple people in it, like you must be one ugly motherfucker, or you're just dumb. Yo, that pisses me off. Like, because so I do use dating apps, <laughs> and like I'll look at uh, like some girl's profile on a dating app or whatever, and like the first picture will be her and a group. And there's six girls in there. I'm like, I don't know who you are. So I have to like scroll through and then I have to do like forensic data analysis or whatever to figure out, okay, all right, this third picture, there's three of you. And this second picture, there's four of you. All right. Which one of you is it in all of these? I, I, I don't know. Uh, um, why can't you just like, like on my, on my dating app, there's three fucking pictures. One of which is by me by myself. The other is me by myself. And the, third is me with one other dude you should cut the third one replace it um somebody just made a comment saying that uh usually it's the least attractive person in the picture but that's true but that but that's but the thing is that may be the case but you're good comment by the way you're sure but that may be the case but again you're you're you you have to understand what you're selling you have to understand what you're selling like when you sell a boat like the picture isn't of the, the, the pickup truck or the SUV towing the boat with the boat in the background. It's a picture of the boat. If anything, the boat's surrounded by water and maybe people, but the people aren't for sale. So well, I'll just say that when I, when I encounter those profiles now where it's like, 
picture of chick with five dudes or like five other people and picture what? of chick with three other people or whatever. I'm like, I can't figure out who you are. I'm just like, you know what? I'm done. I, like, well, that's my point. Is it just, it, it's, it's, if that's your approach, it's not intelligent one. And that's something I'm ranting about. Uh, and just, it's fucking dumb. Uh, another one. We had a client today. He applied on, on an apartment. Um, he has three large dogs and one very small credit score. <laughs> so I'm so trying, one of the dogs. I'm trying to put the application together as well as I can. And for some reason, it just hits me. And I asked the guy, I asked the agent, I said, hey, did, did, did this person by chance already apply to an apartment? Uh, and he said, yes. And then I said, well, did he happen to apply to an apartment with the same landlord as the apartment he's applying for with us? And he goes, well, I'm not sure. I said, well, can you find out, like ask some specific questions and just know for certain. And then come to find out, the client applied with another broker on an apartment with the same landlord, it got denied, and they came to us to see if we could submit him for a different apartment with the same landlord. So you just wasted your time. Well, you also wasted his own time. Like, you know, who's, who's, who's he pulling the, the, what is it, the wool over their eyes? Like, who? Who? Us and himself. Like, the landlord's going to be like, yeah, this is the same guy we got his application two days ago. He, you know, he needs to go into bankruptcy, into bankruptcy. Like, he's not getting an apartment. Oh, just sell two of the dogs. Uh, but, yeah, and, and he has a fucking farm that he wants to move into the apartment. <sighs> that, 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 that was just dumb. You know, uh, uh, you know, and I've gotten some lousy applications where people make shit up. I got an application a month or so ago, and everything just looked too perfect. The pay stubs were crystal clear. The guy had uh, loads of money in the bank. The employment letter was like perfect, perfect, perfect. The bank statements were exact. But like for some, and that's like a good application looks like that. But this application looked like that, but too good. Okay. And, and come to find out, they weren't his bank statements. So I don't know how he altered them. Uh, the tax returns weren't real. And he didn't work for the company. And I actually called the company. And so the landlord said that he failed the employment verification. So then I called the company to be like, why would you, like, are you guys retarded? The landlord called you to verify employment. Like, this guy works here, right? And they're like, no, we don't have that on record. I ended up sending the employer the pay stubs and they're like, our pay stubs don't even look like this. Like this, this isn't one of our pay stubs. Okay. Uh, so yes, I don't know, but, but that's just, you know, just the dumb, the dumb stuff of this guy applying for an apartment with the same landlord and then just finding a different broker. That's like, you know, like, you go to the store and they're closed. So you go home and then try like a different street to go to the store. Like no, that sounds to me store. more like I wanted to, I want to buy this. I'm going to ask mom and mom says no. So now I'm going to go ask dad. Yeah. But in the, in both cases, dad and mom are the same person in this case. Well, from a tax perspective, they are. Well, it's the same landlord. Landlord has the same. Um, but I look but at it as like married finally jointly. I got another rant. I got another rant. So uh, my mom came down for Thanksgiving. I happened to have bought a riding mower that got delivered literally the, the instant she arrived. It was being the, the truck delivering the rider mower and my mom pulled into the driveway at the same time. Okay. So my mom was like, oh, I'm really excited. So she wanted to take the mower out and, and mow some lawn. The rider mower. So she, uh, she's out one day and she's- Is this what passes for excitement in Middleburg? Maybe. So, so this, uh, she's, out, she's out there one day, like you know, over the next two, three days, driving around alone. And she, I, she's like doing this and I could see her mouth moving. She's yelling something to me. 
So I'm like, I can't hear you. And she, she waved me over. So I get closer and I still can't hear her. So I, now I'm like 10 feet away from her and I still can't hear her. But I realized that she's getting quieter. So she was yelling, she was shouting to me from afar. And as I got closer, then she was yelling. And as I got even closer, she was just talking. And then I literally got like this far away from her. And she was talking like at a really quiet voice. And I was just yelling back at her. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Why are you whispering to me? But the fact that like she was loud, I couldn't hear her. So I got closer, but she also got quieter. Like you, I don't know. I would just, oh. <sighs> That's another rant. Um, come on, people. Come on. You know, my mom wore a mask the first 24 hours she was here. I don't think she slept with it on, but she wore a mask the first 24 hours she was here. And then I, and I, then I, then I just kept calling her on her shit. I'm like, what do you mean? You're touching this and you're eating this. And like, it's all the same. We're all breathing the same air. And my sister who like works on a hospital, she's like, well, the mask really is, doesn't protect you from us. It, it protects us from you. And it's not really an N95 mask. It's just a cloth mask. And, and uh, my sister got off the plane. My mom sent me with a bottle of Lysol, which was also requested by my sister. My, my sister wanted me to get out of the car well, you know, like you've got to pull up to the airport, but you're not allowed to stop. You're only kind of around, allowed to come to a, a rolling stop just quick enough to throw the luggage in the back. My sister had me get out of the car and spray her down with Lysol. She spins around, then we sprayed the luggage. I was like, I'm, you just have the Lysol. You, you spray yourself, Banaka Fresh, man. Just, just, I, I, I don't want to be out there on the fucking sidewalk in Newark spraying somebody with Lysol. That's, put, that's a bit much. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm all for taking precautions when it comes to COVID or whatever, but there, there comes a point where it becomes a bit ridiculous. And like, well, to not mask, show up to work, but then to have a party is ridiculous, especially when the party is the same people from work. Well, yeah, we've, we've already touched on this topic. Yes, we have. That's but, why I'm referencing it. Um, yeah, like if you, so if you're gonna spend in the next three or four days with the same people or whatever, mask probably isn't gonna make much of a difference because at some point, well, that's what I was getting at. <sighs> Although uh, I will say, so over Thanksgiving, I visited a friend up in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. You mentioned that, last and time. yeah, and so we Thursday night. So Thanksgiving night, we went out. We wanted to play some pool, and there was a pool hall, but it was closed. So we went to a bar, and the the bar, nobody in the bar was wearing a mask. The bartender wasn't wearing a mask, and it was pretty packed. There was probably like 50 or 60 people there. And we got in there, and I was like, uh-uh. I, I, I just looked around, and I was like, you know what? No, this doesn't seem like a really good idea. That wouldn't have faced me. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I look at all this stuff where people have like permanent lung damage from COVID or permanent like mental health problems from COVID or whatever. Like even if I'm asymptomatic, I could have permanent damage. You know what? It's not worth it to to pay a dollar per round of pool because that's the real reason why we went out is because we wanted to play pool, not because we wanted to have a drink. We could go to a grocery store, get a 12-pack of beer and have a time. Well, People get eaten by sharks. You still go in the ocean. Um, permanent, permanent, permanent damage. Yeah, you'll have some permanent lung damage from a shark attack. But uh, you, you know how many people die from a shark attack every single year? I don't know. Uh, like less than 100. And but when you put that number against the number of people who go in the ocean, not versus the whole continental U.S., yeah, but when you put the number of people that live in the United States versus the number of people that have died from COVID, that percentage is still higher than the number of people that go in the ocean versus the number of people that have died from a shark attack. Well, I don't think I don't think they quantify the number of people that go to the beach. I'm sure you can find that statistic. I'd like to. Um, all right. So another thing, my volume. I'm going to save some relationships here 
We've talked about this before. And I'll give it to you from the relationship perspective. If you're talking to someone who's in the bathroom with the shower on, or in the kitchen with the microwave on, or in a room with a fan on, um, or any place where it's loud, you can hear them if you're in a quieter place. But they but can't, they hear, can't you. hear you. So if you're in the shower shouting to someone, they could be talking back to you. You just can't hear them. And if you're in a quiet place shouting to someone in your shower, there's a better chance that they can't hear you. The problem is both people just get mad at each other. The person in the quiet place gets mad at the person in a loud place for shouting. The person in a loud place gets mad at the person in a quiet place for not being loud enough. And that shit pisses me off. So the, the real solution here is just don't shower. Or don't talk to people. Date people and don't have conversations. Both of those are actually really good ideas. <laughs> um, all right. I want to touch on empathy and perspective. We've also talked about this in the podcast. Um, I just, you know, I, I, I want to first assert that I love the fact that I have a workplace where we're all cool with each other and we can have this conversation. But I will acknowledge the limited perspective in the conversation. When we had two people in the office, one person arguing that it was more difficult to grow up gay and another person arguing it was more difficult to grow up in a genocide. And that was not more difficult, but it was more traumatizing to grow up in a genocide versus growing up gay. Apples and, and oranges. And well, yes, but also my thinking was it's both very traumatic, but one you could potentially die from. And you're going to experience PTSD to a degree, you know, based on what your experience was like during that time. But if one is being bullied and the other is being dead, I would take bullying. And then you juxtapose that to today, where it's cool to, to be gay or bi or pansexual in middle school and high school. So I don't, I don't, I don't know how that relates to today, but. What if it was a gay genocide? Well, then that, then that happened probably in places where it's illegal to be gay, but that's not the U.S. Um, but, but just kind of the limited perspective on the fact that, you know, growing up one way versus not growing up because you're dead, uh, that, that bothered me a little bit. Um, well, it's kind of the whole idea of like, you don't know how good or bad you have it until you go somewhere else and get some perspective. Well, that's the biggest issue with growing up gay or different in, uh, in high school, middle school, because you're locked into this social construct that you, you know, you don't have this outside perspective. You don't have this outside world. And like I, you know, high school and middle school can be so goddamn miserable to people, but I think that's where parenting comes into play and just, you know, the, the family explaining to the kids that like, this isn't life and kind of giving them some perspective. But I think, I think definitely having good family will help you get through tough times in school. Uh, you know? Well, yeah. And I was also going along with that. I was like, Oh, so you were, you were bullied a little bit in high school, but like people in some other country were like, pulled out into the street and killed in public. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I, I get that you had it tough, but maybe other people had it a little bit worse. But also like, that's just <sighs> so much is wrong in this fucking planet. And like, people can't back themselves far enough away from things to have the perspective to just, to just say like, if somebody else is gay, who the fuck cares? Somebody else is Christian in a Muslim country. Who the fuck cares? Somebody's Muslim in a Christian country. Who the fuck cares, man? Like, let people do their own thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that, that kind of backs into the point that I've made for a longest period of time, which is like, when it comes to other people's actions, unless it directly affects you or it's causing direct harm to somebody else, why do you care? Exactly. Like that's, that's, that's where I worry about like the flat earth 
people that don't believe the earth is round because they perpetuate this ignorance. And like, I do believe there is some harm being done by that uh, and spreading the word now that there's more people than ever that believe the earth is flat, yet they pick up their cell phone that works by fucking GPS. Yeah. Like, Come fuck. The satellite that orbits the the round fucking earth. Oh, the flat earth is just the <laughs> yeah, there. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh. Here, the satellite is just like you know. However, you could even I just think when you you know when you introduce the flat earth theory and then you introduce satellites, like now you just have this these conflicting these conflicting well, ideas. Some of my favorite videos to watch are the flat earthers that try and like disprove flat earthism. <laughs> and end up proving it where there's one where like a dude sends up like a, like a, a, a rocket or whatever. And it goes really far up and it's got a camera on it. And as it gets farther and farther up, the earth gets rounder and rounder. Yeah. Ah, okay. I want to touch on, I want to go back to the gay thing and just hit the fucking bathroom thing. People two years ago, it was like a fucking catastrophic life crisis. The fact that places wanted to have unisex bathrooms and they wanted to have a transgender bathroom. And there was the him bathroom, the her bathroom, and then the other sex bathroom, which I think now given the whole, here's my here, two things. And I try to want to get them out of my mouth at the same time. But one, we should just have one bathroom. Okay. You can have what uh, you should have. You can have three bathrooms, but everybody should be able to go into either one of them. That's my first thought. Then my second thought, which I want to say simultaneously, is that dudes are just so fucking sloppy. You go to a women's bathroom, you go to a men's bathroom, men's bathroom fucking reeks. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hold on a second. Because you might actually be wrong about this one. Well, and you need to ask people that have had to work in in fields where they've had to clean bathrooms or whatever because i've heard a number of circumstances where that when it comes to cleaning bathrooms that get a high volume of people men or women that the women's bathrooms were actually more disgusting than men's bathrooms look i've been into a lot of both i would say generally speaking i'd say generally speaking the women's bathrooms are cleaner but that's another thing about so just if people would just not piss in the seat and they would just clean the bathrooms that's you've traveled james you know there's one weird thing about bathrooms in america is that the stall doors don't come to the floor and there's a and gap, there's a stupid fucking gap and there's a gap between the wall and the door. it's a weird fucking thing it doesn't exist anywhere else. Yeah, in Europe, it's like floor to ceiling and then a flush fucking close on the doors. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Um, one other thought I had when I was jotting down my, my notes is a weird thing I do. When I go to a public bathroom, um, I leave the seat up. Because if it's a messy bathroom, I always lift the seat up. If it's a messy bathroom, I want the person after me to like, you know, realize that it wasn't like, you know, I at least had the seat up. Um, and so then he's traveling I, in a national park. Leave no trace. Well, you know, yeah, but there may be a trace there. There could be footsteps or shit on the ground. But I lifted Well, then you're doing it wrong. But I don't want them to think I did it wrong. I got the seat up. When I use someone's I mean, if you're private, pooping on the floor, then you, you, you messed up somewhere. When I use the private, when I use somebody's like private house bathroom, I close the, the toilet and the lid. Um, I don't, I don't know exactly why, but, but I definitely. How better to disguise an upper decker? It's <laughs> disgusting. Um, <laughs> uh, you just want to explain that for somebody who doesn't know. I'm not going to. People can, people can look that up for their own research. Okay. Uh, we'll address it in the next podcast. It's when you shit in the top part, right? That's a weird thing that people do. <laughs> you ruined it. All right. Well, you know, people do weird shit in public. People are fucking weird. People would just be like, and you know why they're weird, right? Like, like they were like two years old and like they shit against something and then like their parents got really mad at them for shitting on like the fucking curtains. And then the parent like rubbed the shitty curtain in their face 
and then they have like a shit fetish or something. It's some weird shit that happens to people. Wires get crossed. It's a really weird thing. Um, I want to move on to my next rant because I want to stop talking about shit. Just, yeah, that's a good idea. All right. Uh, so I was at a bar on, on uh, Saturday or Sunday. Sunday. Uh, I went in for lunch. I was dying, starving. Um, and, and what's not better than a little bar food? Um, got some chicken wings and uh, I got some, uh, it was like an Irish bar. So I got some fish and chips. Yeah. Um, I love fish and chips. It also actually came with chips. I think uh, everybody knows this, but maybe not everybody knows this. Chips when or you, fries. When you get chips, uh, it usually means French fries. However, this, this came with French fries and potato chips as a garnish over the top. So it was a real bar bar. Yeah, but, but fuck fish, dude. Well, I like fish. It's good. It was deep fried. Um, but I took a high top table that was placed against the bar. There was about six tables that were high top tables against the bar. And then there were booths. And then there was a dining room with other tables that were spaced out. Coronavirus accordingly. And by the way, in terms of people calling coronavirus COVID is like, uh, it's like calling a girl a female. Like, it's just fucking weird, man. Like, oh yeah, I have a very good friend. She's a female. What? I, I, I just, I like coronavirus. It sounds like the beer. It's like a little softer to hear. And it doesn't sound like you're trying to be so fucking serious and, and, just make a bigger deal out of, you know, make it sound all scientifical and shit. It's so let's call it beer flu. You got the corona. You got the corona. You don't have COVID-19. Oh, God. Sorry. On that. I've, I've always liked beer flu. The beer flu. That's fine. I like corona. I'm just going to keep going at the corona. Um, so we're at the bar. And order, so the bartender comes up to the bar, gives us a menu. Takes the order, fills the cups, and then walks 30 feet to the other side of the restaurant behind the bar, around the bar, back towards the table, and places the drinks on the table. Then walks 30 feet back along the hallway, around the end of the bar, back to the bar, and takes the next order from the next person. I realized him doing this it's it's illegal now in New York to serve across the bar. What? Yes. That he had to, he can't pass a drink over the bar. If he's seen doing that, the restaurant gets fined. Too many infractions, they can be shut down. So he had to go. Now bear in mind, we had the bar and then a table between us. All right. He had to go all the way around and then he was face to face with us to hand us the drinks. Um, but he wasn't allowed to serve us over the bar. Whereas, it, like, the difference between, like, him meeting you is here and him serving you the beer is this. Exactly, yeah. Um, and you have your, you know, chief medical experts and, and, and you know, your people with, uh, with great degrees and, and uh, your pedigree of, uh, you know, the, the political, uh, you know, of whatever politician making these fucking laws in uh, Cuomo endorsing it and fucking de Blasio endorsing these fucking laws that don't make any sense. Don't make any sense. People wonder why I don't follow certain rules. Like, well, that was a rule. I'm like, yeah, it was a bullshit rule, dickhead. Yeah, it's a dumb idea. It's, yeah, yeah. And, and if I know there's not an inspector in the bar, I'm not going to be fucking running around the bar. Fucking moron. Uh, all right, I got, I got a couple more. Uh, all right. Another one is, one, if you guys... You guys need to go to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's going to help us out. It's going to allow us to make more of these podcasts. And uh, if you're listening to us, hopefully you appreciate some of what we're saying. If you don't, I don't know why. Do we have any comments right now? Uh, I haven't had the comments. I may, go, I may go back to the comments in a second. Somebody just said, Justin, you sound like Brian from Family Guy. That's a compliment. But yeah, subscribe. If you don't want to subscribe, stop listening to us. All right, We, we don't want you to listen to us. Go subscribe. It'll help us out. We'll be able to do more of this. Um, and I will get to the comments because we like the comments. Um, on a Christmas gift note, 
don't give people gift cards and uh, and cash. Like it's you know, it you can, and it's okay to get that. Yeah, but, but it's, it's it's low effort. It speaks about the giver that it is low effort, and you know. I was thinking about this in the car ride back, which is now it's a longer commute than, than you know than it's, it's been for me for the last long, long time. Um, I try to wear the same thing to work every day. I got a gazillion white shirts and a bunch of navy blue pants uh, and some brown shoes. And I, I, you know, I wear a white shirt and the navy pants and brown shoes, and, and it's fine. And no, for the most part, nobody really even notices that it's the same shit every day. Um, but I was thinking that I want to have like a signature like birthday gift. Like when it's somebody's birthday, like I kind of show up with the same thing or let, you know, instead of like having to be creative and get them something unique every year, I could just bring everybody like a bottle of scotch or like a fruit of the month club or a wine of the month. You know, that way like people, it's gotta be something good that like you don't mind getting it on a, you know, once every 365 days. Um, so, you know, it's got to be good in that respect. Uh, you know, it can't be boring, but it's got to be easier, man. Like, it's got to be, it's, I need a, a good solid item that's, you know, that, that's, it being renewed will be appreciated and it being received will also be appreciated. I don't know what it is yet. Because, um, you know, you can't give a good bottle of scotch to everybody because not everybody likes scotch. You can't give a bottle of wine to everybody because a lot of people don't like wine. Doesn't matter if you get them a $12 bottle, a $40 bottle, or a $200 bottle. They don't like wine, they don't like wine. They don't like scotch, they don't like scotch. Uh, magazine subscription, you could renew their magazine subscription every year. I don't know. It's, I, I wanna come up with something. It'll take the stress off me, because I stress a lot, but, 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 I, but I won't get people gift cards. Unless I, you know, I don't have that much effort in it. I won't get people gift cards. Um, sometimes I do it for work, but like, like a Starbucks gift card if like you drink Starbucks every day. That's weak though. But well, no, you know, it, it is weak. But sometimes you can't think of something better. Yeah, although sometimes like gifts that you buy um, say a lot about the opinion that you have of somebody. So let me tell this very quick story. So probably about four years ago, um, the girl that I was dating, she kind of had a falling out with the the fan uh, with her family. And so she was living with her cousins. Um, and so Christmas time comes around and the gifts that her cousins got her were um, like two or three pairs of nice, comfortable pajamas. And then a whole bunch of different like bath soaps and shampoos and everything else like that. And what I said to her was, you know what that gift tells to me? It says, look, we know that you don't really leave the house very much and you don't really do anything, but you're starting to smell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's not nice. That's not nice. Uh, yeah, no wonder we're not dating anymore. But. All right. All right. Two more things, and then and then I'm going to conclude because we're running a little later than I wanted to. Um, do you know every fucking time I, I go to YouTube, I have to click no thanks. I do not want to apply for a YouTube premium uh, account. Doesn't happen to me. Oh, God. You don't go to YouTube as much as I do. Or you no, have I'm YouTube. on YouTube all the time. And you don't tell them every single time that you get on? No. Oh, God. Maybe it's a locational thing. I get that notification. Oh. Every fucking time I get on YouTube, oh, it makes it makes me want to hit people. Um, I'm gonna show you if I can if I can pull it up right now. My computer's running really slow though. I, I believe you. Like, um, so so yeah, it makes me. It, so also when I have apps and the apps want me to like rate them. Uh, oh, I always say no to that. Fuck that. You're not getting well, a rating for me. Ask me on a regular basis. So sometimes I just rate it like like thumbs down. Because I know that's not being sent out to anywhere else. It's just an internal rating. But um, I just don't want them to keep asking me. And I know if I give them a thumbs down, they're like, oh, we're not going to fuck with this guy. Yeah. No, the Bumble asked me, like, rate this app on a one to five star. Like, no, you, do, you guys don't want my rating. <laughs> um, 
And the last thing I want to ask people, and we'll hit the comments with this, is uh, real or fake Christmas trees? Real. Well, you've given up your Christmas tree uh, log. Well, I'm also Jewish, but... <laughs> um, and if you're going to have to go with a real or fake Christmas tree, get a real tree. It, it smells like pine tree, and it's 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 a real tree versus some plastic shit that you just pull out of a box every year. All right, you guys who are live, real trees or fake trees? We, we want to know. And uh, on that note, probably once I, I hear a little bit what you guys think, we may sign up. A gift card is fine, but always include a nice card with a personal message. Uh, but I think it really takes away from the gift. I think you might as well just give, I think you might as well just give the, uh, uh, the card and not the actual uh, money amount. Um, this is a little different. Some people need the cash and a gift card, a visa card, you can do whatever. You want. So the thing is about the gift cards is a lot of time, if you want to give somebody a hundred dollar gift card, you got to pay a $5 act activation fee. And then if you're going to get them a hundred dollars to target or Best Buy or Sephora, um, that's a hundred dollars that they're locked into spending to that one place, which means either they're going to spend $96 and 40 cents and they're going to lose the $3 and 60 cents. That's just going away. Or you're going to spend $109 and they're going to have to put nine out of pocket. So let me, let me double up on that one. So gift cards, as soon as you spend money on a gift card, the, that cash instantly loses value. And you can test this theory by going on to eBay and looking for a gift card to a random retailer. And those trade between 80 and 95 cents on the dollar. Oh, yeah. So as soon as you spend, as soon as you turn your cash, which can be spent anywhere into cash that can only be spent with one specific retailer, you've immediately diminished the value of that cash. So if you're going to give someone a gift card, you might as well just give them, if you're going to buy them a $30 gift card, just give them $30 cash. Well, that's the point. Exactly. So cash over gift card, but both lousy gifts. If, what's funny is actually that cash is seen as a worse gift than gift cards. That's what I'm getting. Like the fact that cash is a demonstrably better gift than a gift card. <laughs> it just seems more thoughtless than the gift card, which is like, I don't want you to have $100 to spend on what you'd like. I want you to spend $100 at Best Buy. Oh, I completely agree. But, but if you're giving gift cards, you, this year, it's not a bad idea to shop for the gift cards on a retailer like Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, or eBay, because you can get a $100 gift card for 80 bucks. Yep. And you don't have to pay the $5 activation fee. Yep. All right, let me just hit the comments real quick. Uh, we got Debbie says, fake tree. Uh, uh, Doria says real, you need the real tree smell, fake, but realistic looking, uh, it's less of a fire hazard. I actually, I just got a tree over the weekend. Uh, real or fake? I'll show you in one second. Got Lisa saying real, uh, Kara likes fake. You can leave it up longer. Tracy likes real. Hold up guys. Looks like real is kind of winning here. Oh, good uh, job. Real. We got Cheryl with the fake tree. Um, all right. So I looked at, I looked at fake trees. My, my thinking is I got a real tree. Hold I, on. I threw it in the back Quick of my corollary. Tree. What? Real or fake boobs. I threw, I threw the, I threw the. No, no, uh, you didn't answer the question. You were correct. I threw the real tree in the back of my pickup truck. Real tree cost me 62 bucks. It's an eight foot tree. An eight foot tree in Manhattan, if it's a nice tree, is going to cost me probably 200 bucks. That's so, stupid. So I was, I was winning this year. Um, no, you weren't. Well, I saved money this year. No, you didn't. You spent $62. Yes, which is $140 less than I, I spent last year if I'm buying an eight-foot tree. So if the eight-foot tree is the constant, then I, I saved, I've saved money here. So um, I looked at fake trees, and the best dollar for tree value I could find was something that looked definitely fake but not terrible. And it was 360 or 380 bucks. And I said, 
when I saw that the real trees were 60 bucks, I was like, fuck this. Like, obviously I'm getting it. You make your money back after year four. Um, but I, I decided that I'm going to buy a fake tree right after Christmas. I'm just going to surf like Craigslist after Christmas and get like a really nice restoration hardware or West Elm or Crane Bear. So, that, so that's smart is play the market. Yeah. I think that's a smart idea. But you still haven't answered my question. Real or fake tree? Real or fake boobs? Well, uh, we get people, you know, <laughs> you're getting a lot of comments here. Uh, I think it what, really, what do the comments say? Come on. I think it really depends on the smell. <laughs> of the boobs? <laughs> well, that was the argument we made for the tree. The tree <laughs> argument is you like the smell of the real tree. Um, I like the smell of a real tree, but you, I like, I also like pine tree candles. So, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, but on that note, uh, it's episode 57. Oh, no comments from the, on the real fake boobs coming. I see how it is. Well, there's some, there are some out there, but, but we're, we, we're, we're long beyond the hour mark. I'm running out of stuff to drink and I haven't had enough to drink to really get into, uh, Really get into the topic you're posing there. So on that note, thank you all for joining us. Please subscribe to the Sip Talk podcast on Apple, Spotify, uh, Anchor, anywhere you get an audio podcast. Find us, listen to us, rate us very nicely. Uh, and hit that YouTube uh, link to my Instagram profile if you guys are on Instagram. And subscribe on YouTube because YouTube is where you get to see us sitting, staring at each other on Zoom. And you can see how messy James bedroom is. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> Adios, everybody. I'll Later. see you again. See ya. <laughs> All right, that concludes my holiday rant. What I do want to know is what bothers you? What did I miss? Things that affect you that are just so damn stupid. Um, either way, let me know in the comments. Shoot me a, shoot me a DM. Uh, I am truly curious. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.